thank you for praying for us as we uh, travel to California. Uh, it was good to see uh, my in-laws, and it was good to see also I got to see my parents uh, for the first time in over a year, and uh, we just thank you for that. Uh, and uh, we're just, uh, it was a blessing, uh, that uh, conference just encouraged me uh, just to do uh, my best for the Lord, and uh, I had some uh, connections made with some people there that uh I uh, hope the Lord will, will use, um, and I hope I can uh, be an encouragement to them. I was able to meet with uh, the uh, children's pastor there uh, and just ask some counsel, ask some help, ask uh, some some guidance and just uh, uh, to help me as I'm uh, stepping in this role of uh, children's ministry here, and uh, that was an encouragement to me, and uh, it was just good to uh, see uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who were I had gone to college with, and they're serving the Lord now full-time, or some of them still finishing up college. And uh, it was an excellent uh, trip there. And then uh, on our way back, we had a little bit of a, a delay coming back to the airport, and so we, we missed our flight. And uh, we were, I was pulling into the, the airport trying to find a parking spot. We had to park, take our bags to the terminal, check them in, and I had to run back to the car, and return it to the rental place. And uh, amidst LA traffic and everything else happening, I, I got to the rental car place. My flight was at 4.05, and it was 3.30 by the time I got to the rental car place. And uh, we got on the, on the bus, and the bus driver was taking forever. He was just telling everyone the same thing three times in a row. We're only stopping at this terminal and this terminal. Oh, and so got to the terminal by 4.05, and... Uh, and so, uh, fortunately, they let me through security for some reason. My, pa- my ticket was way past the time, but uh, I got through security, and uh, we were able to uh, work it out with Air Canada. The, one of the uh, staff there was uh, gracious enough to rebook our flight, no cost. Uh, we, we got sent to Vancouver, and uh, we had to stay overnight in Vancouver, but uh, the Lord uh, took care of us. And uh, If you take your Bibles, we're going to look at the book of 1 Timothy tonight, and chapter 4. First Timothy chapter 4. And I picked this text tonight, uh, looking at it uh, in mind of the youth-involved services coming up. Uh, this is kind of an introduction uh, to that series that I'd like to preach uh, over the next few months. Um, we're going to look in verse number 12 of First Timothy chapter 4. It says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to, to open your word and to uh, preach. Uh, I ask for your help, and I pray that you would uh, fill me with your spirit. I pray that you would uh, fill those who are listening uh, with your spirit, that it would uh, work in their hearts, your word, and that they would uh, become more like your son uh, because of the things that they apply from your word, Lord. I pray you help uh, me uh, and just guide my mouth. And Lord, I thank you for these, uh, these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The, the ability of man uh, to me, communicate verbally 
uh, with such complexity is, is a wonderful gift from God. Tonight we're looking at uh, being an example of the believers in word. I've uh, decided to break this uh, passage up into each section, uh, each uh, thing he, Paul uh, tells Timothy to be an example of. Uh, we need to be uh, an example in word. And so that, that ability that God has given us to communicate uh, is very unique to us. Uh, there are animals in the world that can communicate through sounds, and, and there's ways they can communicate, but the complexity of their language uh, is so uh, simple uh, compared to what we are able to communicate uh, through uh, the means that God has given us, through our vocal cords, through our mouth, through our tongue. And, and it's just an amazing uh, part that God has included uh, in our design. Uh, linguists tell us that the human mouth uh, can produce over 800 distinct different sounds. Uh, and then if we take those 800 sounds and add, uh, other, add other sounds to them, the amount of meaning that we can convey uh, jumps into the thousands. And according to, there's a group called the Ethnologue, it talks, it sh uh, it's a linguistic organization, and they say that there's over 7,000 uh, languages spoken in the world today. And so there's a great complexity in the way we can speak and great uh, variety in languages, and God has given us this amazing ability to communicate uh, precisely uh, and intelligently uh, in, the way, in no way uh, that any other animal has demonstrated. So how are we to use this incredible and unique gift that God has given us? From our text tonight, I believe that God wants us to be uh, using our ability to communicate in a way that brings him glory, in a way that honors him. And we should only uh, speak that which is true, that which is right, that is holy and good. We see in James chapter 3, it says in verse 10, Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? James is, is trying to encourage the brethren that our mouth, our choice of words, everything we say in every, every single day is to uh, be homogenous. It's supposed to be one content. It's supposed to be honoring to God. It's supposed to be uh, unified in its message. God wants us to speak in a way that glorifies him. So how are you stewarding this amazing gift of language? How are you using your mouth to, to edify and, and bring others closer to Jesus Christ? Are you using your words to tear people down, to discourage them, to make fun of them? Or are you using this gift that God's given us to encourage others to serve the Lord? And so tonight I want to look at some principles from Scripture uh, that will guide us in how we ought to speak. So firstly, our, our thoughts influence our words. The source of our words uh, is what we intake into our heart and mind. And we see in Luke chapter 6, let's turn there, Luke chapter 6. And we'll look at verse 45. Luke chapter 6, verse 45, 
A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. See, our thoughts influence our words. Our thoughts influence our words. What we are putting into our mind every single day, what we're consuming, uh, what we watch, what we read, what we listen to, uh, it is influencing uh, the words that come out of our mouth. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. Uh, Matthew 15, 18, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. I remember when I was in uh, grade four, uh, I was so consumed uh, with getting a Nintendo Wii. I, I had just gotten a paper out. I was eight years old. I forget how old. Seven or eight years old, I'd just gotten a paper out. And uh, we, my brother and I had agreed we were going to save up. We started in July, I think it was. Uh, and it was 2008 or something. The Nintendo Wii had come out two years before. And we had this job, and now my dad said, you can, you can get that, you just have to save up for it. So my brother and I said, how much is it? $300, all right. So my paper out weekly, I had 18 papers. And it's amazing that the newspaper company paid me this much. They paid me a dollar per paper. It's a lot. My brothers... Uh, I have three older brothers that did the same exact route as I did. Uh, and they had, I think, 20, 30 papers uh, to do, and they only earned like $10 for the 30 papers. So each one of them, my oldest brother did it. He passed it on to his, uh, the next youngest brother, and then it came to my, my turn. And uh, my brother and I, my younger brother and I, we shared the, the duty, so we split the route. They split the route in the system, and then they... Uh, started paying us like twice as much, three times as much. Um, and so we were making bank. We, we, that $15, $18 a week, man, we were, we were like, we're rich. We've never seen this amount of money. And so we're saving up July, August, September, October, November. I, I forget how long it took. I think it was January or February of the next year. And we uh, were able... Uh, to go to uh, Walmart and go and get the Nintendo Wii. And we, we got there, and we, we saw it up on the shelf, and the price of it was $330. And we had exactly $300 and whatever the tax was. And we were broken. We were, what are we going to do? Fortunately, the staff, they took out, they, there's an add-on with it, so they took out that extra thing, and they charged us the $300. But I remember my life was just consumed with that. I, I, that year in, in school, uh, we had a presentation time. We had uh, time to practice speech. And so you had to write a speech out on whatever topic you'd like. And so my topic, can you guess what it was? It was the Nintendo Wii. So I picked the Nintendo Wii, and I wrote out, uh, a speech for that, I think I just copied and pasted Wikipedia. I, I should have been caught for plagiarism, but I had the entire Wikipedia article of, of the Nintendo Wii, and I was basically up there reading it. I had slides. It was just, that was what I was consumed with. I was so consumed with it. I was speaking that. that I would talk about that with that, whoever I could. It was because I was consuming it, I was reading about it, I was watching videos about it, I was whatever I could to learn more and more about this thing that I hadn't purchased yet. 
And so that consumed my life. What I was putting into my mind was influencing what my, thought, my words were. Jesus, he says in Luke chapter 12, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So many of us get so consumed uh, with the things of life, the materialistic things of life, uh, that we, that's all we talk about. That's all we're consumed with. That's all we're uh, willing to talk with others about. We're, we're so uh, wrapped up in, in the, our work. We're so wrapped up uh, in our toys and our, in our hobbies uh, that we take very little time uh, to share and talk about what God is doing in our life, what uh, the Lord is speaking to us about. Uh, how much more should we speak about our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who gave us this gift of speech? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You see, many medicines, they, they only mask uh, the problem. Uh, they, they, they mask the problem rather than fixing the root of the problem. And we see God's prescriptions uh, for us are solutions rather than band-aids. So what is God's prescription uh, for us to control what comes out of our mouth? Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, we'll see on the screen here. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. God has given us a prescription for what we ought to think about. If if we go through this list and we say, well, should I be thinking about this thing? You could go through this list and say, well, is it this? Is it, is it true? Is it honest? Is it lovely? Is it of good report? Is it pure? Does it, is it virtuous? Does it have any praise? Is, is, it qualif- is it meeting these qualifications? And God has given us this prescription to help us guide what we ought to think about which then influences what we say. So why should we control our thoughts and our words? We see that our words, our thoughts influence our words, but then our words have great influence. Our words have great influence. Our tongue has great power. James, he warns us that the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. In James chapter 3 and verse 6, The tongue is a fire in a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. There is so much power in this this little member that we have in our mouth. This this little member, uh, I don't don't remember uh, times people might might have physically hit me and, and punched me, but the things I do remember in my past are the things people have said to me that have hurt. There's so much power that we have in this tongue. And God has given us great responsibility. That, uh, that phrase you hear in superhero comics, with great power comes great responsibility. And there's so much power uh, in this tongue that we have so much responsibility uh, to use it wisely. We see our words have influence uh, to tear down and to build up. Uh, and it, Paul uh, encourages us in in Ephesians chapter 4, let no communica- corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good 
to the use of edifying. Edifying is building up, encouraging to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. We see our, our words uh, have influence to tear down and to build up. As I said earlier, the things that I remember uh, a lot uh, is the things people have said to me that have torn me down, that's discouraged me, and, and I often remember those things more than the things that uh, have been said to build uh, me up. Uh, the things uh, that people say to tear down are often more remembered than the things that are said to build up. So ought we the more uh, to uh, use our mouths to encourage people, to have the volume of uh, things said to a person that would build them up, to encourage them, to exhort them, to push them towards the Lord rather than tearing them down as a person. We see uh, this, this illustration of uh, this French journalist. Uh, his name was Jean-Dominique Babet. Uh, he was uh, an example uh, of word. Uh, he, he, had, uh, he had this accident when he was at the age of 43. Uh, he was driving uh, to a theater with his son. While he was uh, driving, he had a seizure uh, which caused him to crash, and uh, about 20 days later, he woke up from a coma, uh, finding himself uh, without any uh, use of his facilities except for uh, his left eyelid. He could not move. He could not uh, move his mouth. Uh, he, his legs, his arms, his mouth were completely paralyzed, but the only thing he could use uh, was his left eyelid. He could blink. That's all he could do. Uh, the syndrome called locked-in syndrome. He, he was completely locked in. He, he was mentally all there. He was completely, uh, as this, the journalist was completely sound in mind, but all he had to use was his eye, his eyelid. And so having uh, made a, a contract to write a book, he sought to fulfill that contract even after having this accident. And so uh, having the help of a transcriber, uh, he would listen to this transcriber list out the letters in the French alphabet. He would, uh, she would read out in order of word uh, letter frequency, E, S, A, R. And then as soon as he, she got to the letter uh, that he wanted, he would blink. And so he took about, uh, it took about 200,000 blinks to write this book. Uh, that, uh, it, and each word took about two minutes just to write. At the end of uh, writing the book, uh, it was published, and I think uh, over, I think over a hundred thousand copies uh, or fifty thousand copies were sold in the first day. Uh, this man sharing his experience, this man who, at the end of his career, uh, facing the end of his career as a journalist, uh, not having the ability uh, to write with his hand, not having the ability to even speak. Uh, sought to continue to spread the message that he wanted to share with whatever ability he had. We see that our, our words have influence, uh, and our words have influence to bring others to Christ. We, we have such a great ability to speak, to write. Uh, we can type. We can, we can use all of our f uh, faculties uh, to share the gospel message. And this man... He, th he had a message he thought so important that he would spend uh, three, four hours a day, uh, seven days a week, trying to write out this message just by blinking. 
How much more should we try to use our mouths, try to use uh, our written word uh, to be able to share the gospel message with others? You see, God has used and ordained uh, this manner of communication uh, to share the gospel. God could have chosen uh, to write a message in the sky. God could have chosen uh, to speak audibly to everyone. Uh, but God chose to use us uh, to speak, to speak the gospel message. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom, whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? God's ordained method of sharing the gospel is by the spoken word. God is asking for us to preach the gospel to every creature. We see our, our words, our thoughts influence our words, and our words have great influence. And thirdly, tonight, our words will be examined. In Matthew chapter 12, let's turn there, Matthew chapter 12. Our words will be examined, Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Jesus, he's, he's warning us here that even the words that we don't mean, those words we will be held accountable for. Those words, the things that we don't necessarily mean, we're just idly saying them. We, we say something to someone, uh, trying to just joke around with them, uh, can oftentimes uh, come off uh, as discouraging to them, and it's just idle talk. Uh, sometimes when we just talk about uh, nothing of, con of, of uh, content, nothing of uh, body or message, something that's uh, vain or empty of just conversation. Every idle word will be held accountable for. Uh, the words that we say uh, that don't carry any uh, meaning to encourage or edify, our words will be examined. And we see every idle word. And so we must bring, in, bring our words under subjection. Uh, we see in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 27, but I keep under my body and bring it, in, in, bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. We see Paul, he's speaking here about having control of his body, having control of uh, the things that he's doing, uh, being a good testimony with his body, uh, bringing it under subjection, the desires and passions of his body. And oftentimes, uh, our, our speech, our words are overlooked. The things that we're saying to others, the things that we uh, are uh, speaking about, the, the way we're speaking, the words that we're choosing to, to use, uh, often don't bring glory to God. They don't bring uh, honor to uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. So we should, ought to uh, have control of this member, this, this tongue that we have, bring it under subjection and say, when I speak, are these things lining up with God's word? Would these things honor God? God desires for us to be an example in our use of words. We, we see someone in scripture who, uh, they, they went from someone who 
uh, used their words in a way that dishonored God. They used their words in a way uh, that uh, it w- was uh, going against, uh, uh, saying against uh, the truth. And, and, and then he turned and was able to uh, say the things and, and, and uh, preach the things that honored God. Uh, we see in Matthew chapter 26 and uh, verse 69, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And and again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him, they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. Immediately the cock crew, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. We see Peter, his use of words here, uh, to demonstrate that he wasn't a Christian, he started to swear and to curse, uh, to, uh, to try to prove that he wasn't with Christ, that he wasn't uh, one of Christ's followers. He, his words, his speech... Uh, were used uh, in a way uh, that uh, didn't align with who he was. Our words ought to align with who we are. Are we a Christian? If we are a Christian, our words ought to align uh, with Christ. We see Peter, he he goes from denying the Lord, uh, denying uh, ever knowing him, uh, denying ever following him, uh, cursing and swearing, and what changed in his life? How did he go uh, from denying the Lord to, in Acts chapter 2, we see in, in verse 14, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. And we see as Peter preaches uh, this message at Pentecost about uh, how Jesus uh, was the Messiah and they had crucified uh, the Lord. At the end of his message, we see later in that passage, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We see Peter going from denying the Lord uh, to now declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. What changed in between that time. I believe that Peter, uh, he went from denying Christ to declaring the gospel in a time less than about two months uh, by having the Holy Spirit's help. We can, we can try and try and try uh, to change our life, to change how we speak, uh, to change our habits, uh, but if we're doing it in our flesh, if we're doing it by ourselves, if we're trying to do it in our own strength, we're going to fail. And our words, the way, the things that we say, uh, if we're always discouraging others, if we're, if we're trying, uh, we just talk all about ourselves, 
And we're not talking about Christ uh, trying and trying and trying and trying to uh, do better in that aspect uh, will be very unfruitful without the Holy Spirit's help. Uh, Peter had the Holy Spirit's help. We see in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, and ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. Peter had this power of the Holy Ghost uh, that was enabling him to do what he ought to do, to, to live the way he ought to live. And so tonight, as we've looked at this, this passage about being an example, uh, how are we to be an example? We are uh, to be an example in word, and the way we can do that uh, is through the Holy Spirit's help. It must be through the Holy Spirit's help uh, that we uh, can change our words. So, Pastor, I'll have you come for the invitation. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be challenged from your word, Lord, about how we would use the words that you've given us. Lord, we know that one day we will give an account of every idle word. Lord, I know as Colton preached tonight, I was convicted thinking of opportunities to speak for you that I have failed and missed over my life. Lord, I pray tonight that during this time of invitation, Lord, as we consider your truth, Lord, as we consider moving of your spirit in our hearts, Lord, I pray that we would seek your power. I pray that we would desire to have the right thoughts. Now, Lord, help us. Maybe it is that we're struggling with allowing the wrong things to take our mind. And Lord, those wrong things in our heart are coming out in our words. Lord, I pray you'd help us to have the right diet of the right thinking. Lord, I pray as well that we would desire your help. Lord, I believe that we could have a great impact. Lord, I believe with all my heart that we could reach our world with the gospel if we would be an example in word. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that you would work in my heart. Lord, as you already have, I pray that you'd be with decisions, Lord, that need to be made this evening. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the preaching of your word. Lord, help us as we respond. Lord, may your will be done. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me and take your psalm book and turn to Psalm 296. The altars open tonight, just a moment as we, as we sing, Psalm 296, Lord, I'm coming home. I've wandered far away from God, now I'm coming home. Second verse with me. I've wasted. 
precious lears. Now I'm coming home. I now repent with bitter tears. Lord, I'm coming home. Coming home, coming home. Nevermore to roam. Open now thine arms of love. Lord, I'm coming home. Let's pray, Lord. Thank you. Lord, for those open arms, Lord, I thank you for the day that I realized I was a sinner and called upon you as a Savior. Lord, I thank you for the testimony of many here that I have heard. Lord, I pray if there's one here tonight that knows you're not a Savior, I pray before they leave here this place this evening, they would realize that you do love them, that they would come to you believing. Lord, I pray for believers tonight, Lord, that we would take this encouragement, this challenge, and Lord, we would be aware Lord, we would ponder what we say, whether we're an example in our word, Lord, an example in our home, an example in our marriages and our relationship, an example with our friends, an example on the job, an example as we fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, Lord, may we be encouragers, not discouragers. God, may we use our words for good and for your glory. Bless us now. Dismiss us with your grace. In your precious name we pray. Amen.